0: part eleven of just me by pearl white this librivox recording is in the public domain i don't know just what happened but i guess that the aforesaid apache in a fit of passion had draped one of the tall green bottles over my head and my companions had put me into a cab then deposited me on the front doorstep of the hotel being afraid to take me inside Well, I got a lot of stitches taken in my head, which was cut open quite badly, a lot of I told you so's from the English clerk, and a lot of laughs from my friends. Needless to say, I was through seeing Montmartre, although I did one evening put on an old suit of clothes, but along with a couple of regular friends this time, went into the downstairs part of the Bal Tabarin. I spent hours giving a few francs to all of the English-speaking coquettes and got them to tell me the story of their downfall. Maybe a lot they told me wasn't true, be that as it may. I collected a lot of pathos and an insight into some strange forms of humanity. I loved to study the different phases of human nature perhaps when i get old the applause ceases and i see others taking my place in the limelight this will be my savior because i realize the tragedy that awaits each one of us who follows a professional career to grow old without children through whom we can live our lives again makes me shudder but what is to be must be i guess in any way the palmists read my lifeline as sudden death at forty and why not Up to date, I can truthfully say that my soul is pretty clean, and I have never done a great wrong to anyone on earth. All those who know me must admit that I am square. The only thing that I am thoroughly ashamed of concerning my life is that I didn't get over and help to do something toward winning the big fight. I absolutely was unfit for a nurse. I did try mighty hard to go over as an ambulance driver, but they wouldn't take me i could have gone over as an entertainer not that i would have been entertaining but it is just the idea of doing something however when the americans were allowed to go in that capacity i was in the midst of an unfinished picture and the armistice was signed in the meantime i have worked very hard for the liberty loan and red cross drives but that doesn't clear my conscience one bit for after all if i had had the right spirit i would have gotten over there somehow and a million good excuses don't help me at all but the idea of this story is not to throw bouquets or mud at myself but to turn loose the dark horse in my closet of life so getting on to the last of my stay abroad i attended quite a large reception in london one night exactly seven months from the date on which i had left america then i boarded a steamer at southampton the next morning bound for america WITH A LOT OF MEMORIES OF SOME WONDERFUL TIMES. I HAD A MORNING PAPER UNDER MY ARM, AND WHEN I OPENED IT UP, ON THE FRONT PAGE WAS A RISING YOUNG CINEMA STAR OF AMERICA WHO WAS VISITING LONDON TO GET IDEAS FOR HER FORTHCOMING PHOTO PLAYS. I DON'T KNOW WHETHER I HAD BEEN RECOGNIZED BY SOME ENERGETIC YOUNG REPORTER OR NOT. HOWEVER, I STRONGLY SUSPECT MR. HERBERT BRENNAN, ONE OF OUR GREATEST MOVING PICTURE DIRECTORS, AS BEING THE GUILTY PARTY he was taking pictures abroad at that time and i had run across him some months before in paris anyway the deed was done in a spirit of kindness a photograph had been dug up in the office of one of the london moving picture magazines who in turn passed it over to the newspaper maybe this article surprised some of my society friends who looked upon me as a debutante and did not suspect me of being an actress maybe not anyway that was the beginning of my name in the papers well the tall buildings of new york looked mighty good to me coming up the harbor and i just felt like jumping up and down and shouting with joy at getting back to america besides bep might be there and i had not forgotten my sentiment regarding him again mr fate i had been back about two days when coming out of the ritz one day in a great hurry, I bumped into Bepp, and nearly knocked him over. It seems i just turned out to be clumsy whenever he was around. "'Oh, Miss White!' he exclaimed, "'when did you get back to America? Why didn't you write to me and tell me how you were getting on abroad?' Well, I couldn't tell him that a letter addressed to one Bepp, New York City, wouldn't have meant much to the post-office authorities, so I lied that I was so busy or some such rot." "'Do have dinner with me this evening to celebrate the occasion,' he begged, and of course I said that I would love to, which was the truth. We were to dine at Sherry's at seven o'clock. I started to dress about four in the afternoon, hoping to look my grandest. As a rule, it takes me about twenty minutes to get ready for anything, but not this occasion. I called in a masseur and a hairdresser, and told them to do their darndest, and they did, I was massaged and marcelled all over the place I tried on every Paris creation that I owned and they all looked rotten to me then those same gowns that had looked so gorgeous when I bought them finally I got myself fastened into a plain white satin one and with no other decoration whatever except my brightest smile I went to Sherry's with bep feeling awkward and actually shy I ate my dinner in sort of a trance, just adoring Bepp, and allow me to say he certainly had a collection of the most charming conversation that I have ever listened to. Why didn't you even send me a postcard? he asked, as the waiter was serving the coffee. I decided to try the truth. Well, to be frank, I answered, I didn't know your name, and as all of your friends always referred to you as just simply Bepp. I was ashamed to ask what your real name might be. Oh, then you are entirely forgiven, he laughed. And to make sure that that will never happen again, here is my card. You see, bep is just a nickname that all my friends use. I took the neatly engraved card and read the longest title thereon that I had ever seen printed. Oh, I stammered unconsciously. Then you are of the nobility too, and I thought you were just a man. "'Well?' said he. "'I have a title, but I am a man just the same.' "'Of course,' I feebly replied. "'Don't mind me. I'm awfully silly.' Then I gulped down a mouthful of red-hot coffee that nearly cooked me. I guess I must have looked a little bit shaky. He took out his cigarette case. "'Do you smoke?' he inquired, passing it to me. "'I didn't, but decided to.' I noticed a couple of photographs of two small boys pasted on the inside of the cover, so I wanted to get a good look at them. What pretty children! I casually remarked. Are they yours? You bet they are, he answered. And the two finest boys in the world. Then he offered me a light. I puffed on my cigarette and darned near choked, as he continued. They are over in Europe now with their mother, and I hope to see them very soon. I secretly threw away my cigarette and apologized for my coughing, saying that I had a terrible cold. That's too bad, he sympathized. Then, by the way, Miss White, the next time you come to Europe you must visit us. We have a nice little villa on the Riviera and I'm sure that you and my wife will like each other. His wife... I pulled myself together and said that I would love to then I tackled a glass of ice water with success and as I drank a small voice seemed to whisper in my ear it's back to the movies for you Pearl White your romances only end happily on the screen so bep sailed for Europe and back I went the idea of serial pictures had just been borne over in jersey and pate offered me the chance to risk my life through a series of episodes called the perils of pauline so i dashed over to the studio intending to take the job i was met by my old director mr gasnier who was still residing at the head of the firm and he laid bare the situation I DON'T MIND TELLING YOU THAT I NEARLY WALKED OUT OF THE STUDIO WITHOUT SIGNING THE CONTRACT THEY HAD PREPARED. TO BE SURE, THEY OFFERED ME A LOT OF MONEY AND SO MUCH ADVERTISING THAT I COULDN'T ESCAPE GAINING AT LEAST SOME FAME. HOWEVER, THE ODDS SEEMED AGAINST ME. HELLO, GIRL, HOW DO YOU LIKE MY PARIS, WERE THE WORDS THAT GREETED ME FROM MY OLD BOSS. WONDERFUL, SAID I, BUT WHAT ABOUT THE JOB YOU ARE TEMPTING ME WITH? WELL, DO YOU WANT TO BECOME FAMOUS? He asked certainly I replied that's been my lifelong struggle then sign here he continued handing me a couple of typewritten pages and casually asking if I carried any life insurance now I have never signed a legal document before but that speech about life insurance made me hesitate and read the pages before me the farther into the contract I got the worse things looked for me and when I got to the clause the party of the second part, being of age, takes her part in this motion picture play at her own risk. And in case of accident or loss of life, she or relations have no claim for damages against the party of the first part, etc., etc. I was all for leaving this offer stand and getting back to New York as fast as the street car would take me. What do you expect me to do? Lose my life? I asked. Accidents do sometimes happen. He volunteered here read a couple of manuscripts and judge for yourself then he handed me some manuscripts and walked out of the office I read the first three episodes of this hairbreadth escape serial and that was about enough for me I shouted for help and mr. gasnier entered from the next room well how do you like it he asked like it I answered here take a look for yourself And I began turning over the pages you can see for yourself I'm not the person for the part in the first place I'm too clumsy and in the second place I have too much respect for my life in these first three episodes I had to play tennis which I could not I had to take a flight in an aeroplane which I didn't like much because it was supposed to crash to the ground in a wreck then I had to drive a motor car through water fire and sand THIS ALSO DIDN'T SOUND REASONABLE. THEN I HAD TO GO OUT TO sea IN A YACHT, WHICH WAS ALL RIGHT, ONLY THAT I WAS TO JUMP OVERBOARD, JUST AS THE BOAT WAS BLOWN UP BY THE VILLAIN AND I COULDN'T SWIM. THEN I WAS TO BE IN A CAPTIVE BALLOON, BUT, AH, THE VILLAIN WAS TO CUT THE ROPE AND I WAS TO GO SAILING ABOUT FOR A WHILE, THEN DROP AN ANCHOR, WHICH WAS TO CATCH IN A TREE, AND I WAS TO DESCEND SOME TWO HUNDRED AND FIFTY FEET ON THIS reaching a cliff on the side of a mountain. Then I was to be showered with rocks, and, but I didn't get any farther than the balloon, I lost my desire for that sport years before. "'Well, you see,' said I to Mr. Gasnier, "'these things are not my line. "'Besides, you want an acrobat for this part. "'You don't want an actress.' "'I didn't say I wanted an actress,' he very sweetly answered. "'Then why did you send for—' my sense of humor began to gain consciousness and i began to see light all right you win i had to laugh as i continued give me the papers and i signed what i thought was probably my death warrant now i had never had time in the days gone by to learn to swim play golf tennis etc etc so as an all-around athlete i wasn't so good However, as all sports depend more or less on the schooling of one's muscles, and in the old trapeze days I had developed and trained mine until I could control my entire body fairly easy, therefore it has not been difficult for me to learn to do a lot of different stunts. I started to work in The Perils of Pauline, the first serial of thrills that had ever been produced and have continued in those kind of pictures, such as The Exploits of Elaine, the iron claw pearl of the army the fatal ring the house of hate the lightning raider and now in secret which have all been more or less the always in danger type of pictures i would of course like to do big dramatic plays and act and all that sort of thing however i have been very successful in serials so i shall just thank my lucky star and continue on until the public tires of me Then I want to take some promising young girl and try to teach her to be what I would like to have been. But I do want to take one more try on the speaking stage before that time comes. I have worked on these last three and a half years following more or less the same routine. Up early in the morning, work all day long under the strong lights in the studio or in the hot sun or cold winds out of doors. I have remained in New York all the while wearing furs in the summer and the thinnest kind of clothes in the winter, a goodly bit of the time. For it seems that the minds of scenario writers turn toward summer scenes in the winter, and toward winter scenes in the summer time. Therefore, we poor actors are about half of the time roasting or freezing while we work. The picture business is certainly not one of ease and comfort, and I think I can modestly say that my lot is just a little bit harder than most of the others in the profession because I'm always doing some new stunt and nursing a lot of cuts, bruises, or sprains in consequence. Besides, allopathe frères have often advertised me as their peerless, fearless pearl. We can put a very soft pedal on that, because I have been petrified with fear more than once during the filming of pictures. I have actually gotten to like fear, and like the sensation of taking some very dangerous chances that frighten me my old heart beats a ragtime and i face the music feeling more thrilled than i would be doing something in which i knew there was no risk end of part 11